Welcome to the family with Phil Collins and Andy Brand Bernard. You're so funny. Our, aren't you Peter Gabriel? I thought you'd be Peter Gabriel. He's too pretentious. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. Absolutely. Steve Hackett will join us later on this hour, about 15 minutes, somewhere there. Somewhere around 15 mm-hmm. minutes. We'll be right back, kick things off with the family. You going to do a live spot? Sure. I forgot that I was first up. I know I've only been doing well, this for a few years. You're not always first up. It that's, kind see, of that's what I thought. It switches. Well, let's talk Indeed. about Walzer to you. We've been talking about it off and on for a year. Now that it's uh, this is the coldest week we've had this winter so far, highs around 6 nice and sunny out though but we started this at the very beginning of the pandemic and it's really really popular it gives you the ability if you want to to buy a car from the comfort of your home you can do all the paperwork uh, online we'll deliver the car to you we're not trying to trick people into buying stuff if you decide you really don't want that corvette you can have a three-day window to return it either for a full refund or an exchange this also applies to service if you are working from home or actually going into the office and you don't have time to take your car in to get it serviced uh, call the nearest dealership set up an appointment They'll come pick the car up, service it, and drop it right back. It's the Walzer way, and it's super cool. Walzer to you. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. We're rocking out, man. Yeah. That's right. I can't do that. I can't do that along with the music. Well, you just, sound, you just sound like a uh, Protestant. Can't clap on the yeah. two and four. <laughs> That's probably true. It's probably true, ladies and gentlemen. So what's the latest with you? Got it. You're not going to be on for another month. What the hell is that? A month. What? On KQ. Oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, what? Yeah, I think we might just stay off altogether. I still get emails from people wanting to buy cars, even though we're not advertising. <laughs> Here you on the queue oh, well, all the time. Is it really? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Well, we still do run commercials. I know you do. You do the traffic and all that sort of stuff. That's cool. Um, well, here's we can discuss. I think we can discuss this on air. I went and visited, as you know, our good friend Moon. Um, who's interested in starting a podcast. And I talked to him about what you and I talked about. Uh, he talked to his attorney because of his, you know, his uh, disability stuff. 
he can't actually come into the studio. So he's open to doing it if we can figure out how to do it remotely. So we'll think about that, and we can talk about it. For the listeners out there, Moon is uh, interested in possibly becoming the Friday host of the Moon Tom Bernard, whatever the hell they'd call it. It'd be a pretty oh. interesting show, actually. Hmm. Oh, yeah. He's a very, very talented guy. Well, with both of them remote, I don't know if that's really possible. Yeah, well, so there's a technical aspect. Yeah. If well, Dad was up here, no, then no, it would no. be... I, I think this is just Moon doing it himself. Your dad, I mean, oh. he needs Friday for manicures and, you know, scalp yeah. massages yes, and long exactly walks on the is. beach with Holding your mom. Yeah, shouldn't be too difficult. So, what something I need to think Fridays about for is an... Go ahead, Tom. I need Fridays for I need Fridays for an eight hour session with a psychiatrist. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Bunch of nut jobs in the world right now. <laughs> Boy, there sure are. Is it going to just keep getting worse or what the hell are we doing? What's going on? I mean, what give me your take on this. What's this all about? Well, here's what my fear is, is that we're in and maybe it's always like this. It's an interesting question. We should talk to some actual politicians, but it seems like in the last couple administrations uh, the next administration erases all the stuff the previous administration yep. does and so now biden is yep. you know we went from trying to revive the coal industry which I, I don't know that that actually happened but that was the strategy now we're all full speed ahead with mm-hmm. alternate fuels and solar and wind and stuff and if the gop takes the white house again in four years which i, I let's not even tr- start making forecasts it's nice to have a little break right. from that I think it's entirely possible whatever administration that is will just, you know, whipsaw back and forth. Bounce back and forth and never get anything done. Right. I think it's kind of like it feels like we're just going around in circles Mm -hmm. currently. Well, I tried to give them the lead uh, on uh, 2024 because uh, if they want to run somebody, I I would run Marco Rubio and I would talk Tulsi Gabbard into being vice president. That's what I would do. Trump beat Rubio in the first place, so. I know. Boy, but Rubio is a lot and smarter. Rub- you think Tulsi and Rubio would get along? I can't. I can't see that. I don't know. They'd make cute babies. <laughs> well, that. there's always that. <laughs> we can start a dynasty. They're both rather attractive. No, I just think seriously because uh, I'm not sure about this, but I think Rubio is Cuban. I think um, so. I mean, I, I know he's Spanish. Well, he's a foreigner. Let's face it. Yes, Whatever he's a he foreigner. Is. That's exactly right. He but I just, I don't know. He's got to be Cuban. He lives in Miami, for Christ's sake. Yeah, for, that's true, actually. I thought yeah, they're both Cuban, his parents. Huh, His okay. parents, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Cubans tend to vote Republican anyway. But mm-hmm. That's true. I don't know. I, I, look, I mean, whoever they got as president, and all, here's what I love about politicians. My favorite now, of course, is Herman Munster, uh, also known as John Kerry. God, he looks like Herman Munster. <laughs> I thought that uh, Cruz kind of is starting to look like somebody on the Munsters as well. Yeah, he is. He's starting to the look grandpa like a little um, bit. <laughs> Uncle Fester, yes. I think. Well, Uncle Fester is the bald <laughs> one. Well, he'll be bald eventually. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like to time. call on Grandpa. I like to call on Grandpa, but uh, so John Kerry gets up there, and John... Your hair's been white for 30 years, and now it's black. Okay? You went, <laughs> yeah. You went a little over the top with it, i got to be honest with you. But Did he do nice. the Rudy Giuliani? Did he have the hair dye running down his face? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot about oh, yeah, that. Yeah, you're right. He's dyeing his hair like a, like a really dark gray. Really dark. Which but, yeah, uh, doesn't really... 
No. So this is your this is your uh, green guy. This is going to lead the green surge and the climate change, and he's the guy, right? That's I, his title. I I'm, I don't know. Uh, you know yeah, more about this the, than I have. I've been trying to take a break. Some sort of you know green min- administrator for the administration. I don't know exactly Did what you, his new title is, but yeah, Mr. Did green you hear what jeans. He said yesterday. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, Mr. Green jeans. Uh, yesterday, uh, he was asked about all the pipeline workers, the 11,000 people who lost their jobs. You know what he said, and I'm not making this up? Something not Let them eat well, cake? Yeah. They, uh, they need to make better choices in their careers. Oh, boy. That's not the right thing to you say. Believe, what a prick. You know, oh, God, what a prick. you have a speaking voice, and you have a thinking voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sometimes you just exactly. need to use your thinking voice. So... I uh, was reading some stuff when I first got up this morning, and he was going on and on about how we're going to make this a much greener planet. It's going to be much healthier, and we got to do something about this oil situation. And, oh, my God, uh, he got to the meeting by flying in on his private jet, which burns 40 times more fuel than a commercial airline. Naturally. So I can pollute all I want. He's got a huge yacht, too, by the way. He's got a gigantic yacht. So I, he, can, he can pollute all he wants. It's just you and I can't. That's how it's always been, though. God. These politicians, Republican, Democrat, it doesn't matter. They're all such frauds. It is unbelievable. Why is it I can do it, but you can't? Because we're the proletariat. They're the elite. Yeah, I suppose. But I did not know that until I read that story this morning, that private jets of that size, he's got a G5 or G4 yep. or one of, those, one of those deals, 40 times more than a commercial well, airline. Well, I, I suspect that that's per passenger yeah. mile, right? Yeah. So you can get 400 people on a, you know. A exactly, yeah. It's like a bus DC versus 10. a car. Right. Buses right, right, right. are less fuel efficient. But yeah, they get five miles of the gallon, yeah, but they've got 100 people, people on in there, then yep. it's a little different. That's not what this story said. Uh, there's no uh, way a G5 is less fuel efficient than a 747. It's not physically possible. That's what they say. I'm just telling you, you know. Any aviation experts about... out there, call in quick, 561-228-4061. Phones well, are lighting you. up already. Thank you, Mr. Sprintho. See, look at that. That's all you need to know. I just, I just wish somebody, whether Democrat, Republican, libertarian whatever could one person tell the truth could just one of you tell the truth once in a while nope. just so we know that the truth still exists what do you say the guy the guy that i like in the last couple of weeks is bernie he the memes oh, go God. viral so he makes a bunch of sweatshirts sells them out and donates all the money to uh vermont charities yeah, i think does. that's just cooler than hell that is really <laughs> makes fun of himself that. and gives the dough away i mean it, we need more of that Regardless of if you like, like two, his politics or not, it's it's hard to not like that move. I I think uh, the last round was like two point one million dollars. Oh, a lot of money. That is a lot, a of, lot money. of money. Now, if you put that in so game cool. stop stock, you'd be a quadrillionaire. Expl- I, Catherine's been running that whole thing down to me and all Everyone's the rest. Panicking of it. about that for some reason. Well, so it went from ten dollars a share to four hundred. Well. That's because a bunch of very rich uh, hedge fund managers decided to try and short basically all of the stock. Yeah. And people noticed that, and they said, hey, cheap stock. And all of a sudden, it hyperinflated Mm -hmm. because people were trying to game the system, and it backfired horribly. So now they're on the hook for billions of dollars. Yeah. Whoops. uh, Really expensive. Yes, that's very expensive. We have a call. Is an aviation expert? I doubt it. 
but maybe. Paul, are you an aviation expert? Uh, I know a thing or two about getting high. Uh, How about you? Not oh, quite the here same. you go. Polly, yeah, how you way. doing? Yeah, that's still in so Cleveland, how, sort of, but um, in the halfway house. Oh, you house are. Now. Yep. Okay, so what time are you up in the St. Cloud area in a halfway house? Uh, no, actually, I'm in Wisconsin. They oh, you're in Wisconsin. Okay. Okay. Yep. So how yep, is everything exactly. going? Tell us how it's. Tell us how it's going. I want to hear it. It's going really, really, really good. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, can't believe how good life can be when you once you start getting sober. And, yeah, that's uh, terrific yeah. news, Paulie. That's great news. Yep. Uh, the reason I was calling is maybe Andy knows about this, but I just got the COVID vaccine, my first round. They're giving it to us because we're in a, you know, like a group home type of situation. Mm-hmm. And I was mm-hmm. wondering where my microchip was because I didn't see any laying around or anything. And I don't know how they could have fit it in that little needle, but are we supposed to get like a microchip so the government can track us? It, it, that? It's in your phone, actually. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. exactly. All right. Pretty much I'm true. I to remember that. Okay. Now, Paul, Paulie, I have, a, I have a serious question for you, Paulie. Did, did you? The reason I'm asking you this is another close friend of mine uh, wanted to come on the show and talk about this, and maybe we'll do that. But did you ever get the DTs? Were you that deep into it? Yep. Oof. Yeah, yep, well, he I did, did too. Um, he I, did. I, yeah, it's horrible. Um, yeah, I'll take it back about it. I, you know, I can't imagine going back to that. But I know I'm going to take away from from that. You know happening again yep. you know i was i ended up hospitalized and uh i don't remember it but they had to strap me down to the bed because i was hallucinating that was my old oh job my yep oh was yeah, it really? it was, uh, yeah okay. you know i worked in a mental uh a mm-hmm. psych ward and mm-hmm. people had come yep. in uh, alcohol withdrawal and the treatment's actually pretty simple and it's effective but it does typically require getting strapped to the bed and then they usually use mm-hmm. valium or something some benzodiazepine yeah. to to, to kill down. off the hallucinations yep. and the tremors and stuff. Yeah, it is, it's not pretty. It's a scary thing. Yeah, yeah. I've detoxed before with uh, with the Valium and stuff, but this last time was um, they used phenobarbital. Yeah. yeah, which I think is typically used for something else. But but yeah, I took that intravenously for like three days. Wow. To, uh, so you're okay. To get, yeah, I feel great now. I put on a boat. Probably 20, 30 pounds. <laughs> One thing about people is thing? they know how to feed you. <laughs> yeah, I get Well, it's getting to be a little excessive now. <laughs> but, but yeah, they, uh, Paul, they really know how to feed you. <laughs> Paulie, let me tell you something. This is the happiest I have ever heard your voice. You sound great, man. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I, uh, I feel great. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually nervous calling now because. Believe it or not, the last few times I called you, I was a little bit hammered. <laughs> no, you. That's a, no. <laughs> hey, Polly. Polly, ask, ask around the group. There's got to be some pilots in there. We could, they yeah, could, maybe I actually ask. found it out. Oh, did you? Yeah, a G5 oh, burns about one-sixth the gas uh, per hour. Okay. But you, you, it's it's a matter of you take the mileage and then you divide it by the number of passengers. Yeah. That's what it really is. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah, yeah actually, my next-door neighbor, the room next over he uh, actually knew Tom's brother, one of your brothers. I'm not sure which one, but uh, he um, he worked at the airport for years. I think that's how he knew your brother. 
Oh, oh yeah, Tony. Oh, yeah, Tony was a baggage handler at, at Delta oh, forever, right. North Northwest, and then Delta. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. This guy worked with him, so he might have Absolutely. known. <laughs> well, Paulie, I tell you what, I'm really, really happy you called in. You sound terrific. We're happier than hell for you, just like my friend Joe. He had the DTs too, and he, you know, I'm, you guys. Look, it's been nine years for me, and I don't give a rat's ass one way or another if I ever have another drink. I don't care, and you'll get there too, Paulie. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks and a lot, man. We'll, we'll talk, talk soon. All Absolutely. Right. Anytime, Thank Paulie. You. Anytime. Yep. We All will right. take a break here, ladies and gentlemen. I am so happy for that man. He sounds so much happier mm-hmm. than I, he was. I didn't even recognize him, quite honestly, at first. And I've been on quite a few times when he's called. <laughs> sure. No, I'm serious. Yeah. No, I know. I know. Well, let me. This is, this is why you didn't understand him. I'll be Paulie in the old days. So what are you guys doing? Honestly, <laughs> God. We've had more he than our so share of those. the last couple times. Yes, yes, we have. But he sounds very happy, and I'm very happy mm-hmm. for him. That's yeah, awesome. We have a very, speaking of very, we have a very special guest for Doug Sprinthal. We do. Well, all of us, actually, but yeah. Dougie especially. Steve Hackett. Yes, that Steve Hackett is up next with the family. Tom Bernard with my buddy and CEO from North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, you work with many different types of businesses. Can you tell me about one of them? Absolutely. Real Fishing was started by a young entrepreneurial couple here in the Twin Cities. They offer guided fishing services during the open water season and ice house rentals in the winter. They came to us with a great idea for their business, but not a lot of experience in getting one off the ground. Now that they're up and running, they've told us how much they appreciate that we listen to their ideas for their business and help them work through all of the contingencies that could come. Knowing that we will be here to help them every step of the way with the capital they need. Yeah, they're not going to get that at just any bank. You need Bilski. Tommy, our whole team at all of the branches take pride in providing outstanding customer service and are ready to help our clients when they need us most. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza Sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza Sheets, you will never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. Mike is making a special offer for my listeners. You buy one set, get another set absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Square, and use promo code TOM, T-O-M. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code TOM. There's Doug showing off. My wife just showing texted off, me. She's Sarah's listening, so don't do any swearing. She's probably got it on turned up at the church. All the church people are listening to the podcast. You son of a buck. Can I say son of a buck? <laughs> Why Can not? It's your show. I remember oh, my geez. my mother used to say that when the hell are you doing, Andy? You're gonna be losing it? Yeah, we're having trouble getting a hold of Steve, so he's texting Cassie. Yeah. 
That's cool. That's no problem. Um, so yeah, Steve Hackett uh, has released his new acoustic album, Under a Mediterranean Sky. He released it about a week ago. Uh, hopefully we can get a hold of Steve and, and track him. He was just booked very recently, so he... It's a pretty new idea to him, so yeah, yeah. just let me know if we got a hold of him or not. All right. See if he can call us, because I, I dialed the number and it basically just told me to go to hell. Go to heck. Was it a British? Was tr- it a British accent that told you to go to hell? It wasn't actually. I don't know what the problem well, is. I don't know if it's because our phone service. I mean, like, is there such thing as landline service that doesn't support international calling? I don't think there is. So God, I wouldn't think. I don't so. know. As long as you're willing to pay for it, they don't care what you do. Mr. Floyd right? calling for Mr. Floyd. Why, he keeps hanging up. Mm-hmm. He keeps hanging up, and it's a man calling. Uh, <laughs> whatever works, right? Whatever works, baby, that's all I've got to say. So, um, yeah, we'll just wait to see. Hopefully, uh, it'll all get worked out when we get a hold of Steve Hackett, because he'd love to have him on. Of course, uh I would say a pretty famous band that he was with, don't you think? Oh, yeah, just uh, had a few hits. How <laughs> weird is that? So I was there. just, ex- Andy, it's the band's before Andy's time, but I said, imagine you're in Genesis and the front guy, Mr. Jazz, decides to bail and start a solo career, which was what Peter Gabriel did. And you go, oh, what are we going right, to do now? And right. then the drummer goes, well, I can sing a little bit. And it's Phil Collins. <laughs> Yeah, I think they became yeah. way, way more famous uh, post Peter Gabriel than than uh, than when he was in the band. Of course, you got to start somewhere, right? So it's not not to diss P- uh, Peter. Sure, no, I understand it. Do you? Um, from what I understand, Phil now he does appear on stage and he sings, but he can't play the drums anymore, so he has to sit on a stool and sing. I apparently. think I heard that he's got some physical issues, doesn't he? Right, right. That's what I hear. And he went through just a knockdown, drag-out divorce a couple of years ago, if I remember right, that his ex-wife wouldn't leave the house and was selling all his stuff. I think it was down in your neck of the woods, actually. She was selling his gold albums for $100 a piece. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, this, by the way, is a $40 million house she lives in. Oh, Is she still there? Yeah, she's there as, is, as of is today. It, is so, it down yeah. in east uh, coast of Florida? Yeah, it's down in Miami. It is I okay. I, I thought that it was down I there think. somewhere. I wasn't positive. Yeah, so those two kids aren't getting along. I think she's remarried already. I think. <laughs> I'm not really sure. So he's living in a forty million dollar house. So that's pretty good. You've never gone through the. Financial joys of a divorce. I, I lived in a place. I oh, called it the house God. so nice. I bought it twice. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That works for me. So nice. I bought it twice. And this is my yeah, favorite. That gets to be my favorite Jim Paul line. Do you know why divorce is so expensive? Be- mm. Because it's worth it. <laughs> because Jim, you get what you pay I love for. Jim Paul. I love Jim Paul. He's about he's a great guy. I haven't seen Jim in a while. I saw him at his birthday party last well, about a year and a half ago, I think it is now. We got together for his his birthday. Young yeah. buck that he is. You know what I'm saying. So was it what but, was was it seventy? Was that the number? Yeah. That's exactly I was guessing right. I thought he was that's you know, exactly. eight or nine years older than me. I, I, he was on the board with the uh, Buick dealers, and we'd go to ad association meetings together and make fun of everybody. It was just it's like, yeah, we shouldn't sit next to each other. 
Okay, I'll pass it along because I know I can hear you thinking it, but I'm, what, eight years older than you? Is that right? Well, I turned 62, and you're... Yeah, so I'm seven years seven older. Seven years, yep. I'm seven years older than you. We have uh, a guest in, uh, in studio, and she says to Doug Sprinthal, well, are you Tom's son? Well, and the punchline was she's a psychic. <laughs> Yeah. And she's a psychic on top of it. <laughs> Whoops. That was funny. Yes. Doug is my son. Yes, that's exactly who he is. Well, everybody thinks Dan Chesky's my brother. So well, that it's just because you guys out. look like you're twins. Well, we do look a lot alike. That's very... More than a lot. And turds. Yeah, that's true. That is very, very true. But uh, yeah, I'll never forget that. I'm seven years old and she thinks I'm his dad. Thanks. <laughs> Look at the top. Apparently, it's good for your good for your overall being when you get divorced eighty five times. Yeah, I think it's genetics actually, and it's I've only been divorced twice. Let's keep the count down in the low single digits. And I always introduce oh. Sarah as my final wife. If I mess this one up, your final wife. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, it's not a good sign for me. I would not uh, do that if I, I probably wouldn't let her go if I were. I don't mean by let her go. I just mean by no. I know lose control of the marriage. That's all I'm saying. Do things to maintain a healthy, vibrant marriage is mm-hmm. what you meant. Not tie well, her up I've, in the basement. I, no, exactly, exactly. Don't right. let her go. I follow the lead. I follow the lead of either um, uh, Larry King or uh, what's her face that just got married for the sixth time. Uh, what the hell's her name? Be a lot more specific. Well, than Liz that. Taylor's dead. Barb, Barb Wire. You know Barb Wire. She started in Barb Wire. She. Oh, Pamela she was married Anderson. To Pamela Anderson. Yep. Barb Wire. <laughs> an interesting Barb thing Wire? to remember her for. Yeah, and it's oddly that it tripped the uh, memory circuits. Yeah, I mean, she yeah, got she married. married Tommy one, Lee two, three, four, five. Yeah, it's the sixth. But she was married to the same guy twice. So there's that. <laughs> so it was Larry King. He was married to the same woman twice too. Uh, Yeah, that's true. Well, Liz Taylor, too. She married Richard Burton a couple of times. I guess after a while, you just run out of people to marry. Well, she got married. So she got married to this guy in 2007. It was annulled less than a year later. And she (laughs) married him in 2014, and they were divorced a year later. Then in 2020, she married John Peters. That was annulled almost immediately. Uh, in fact, she has gotten married twice in 2020 to wow. two different people. So we'll see how this lasts. She's <laughs> married twice in 2020. Yep. <laughs> Probably not going to go great, but hey, it might. Well, hey, uh, Larry King was married twice in 1961, so there you go. Wait. Wow. Who, who's the caller? My first wife or my second wife? Yeah. Who is it? Uh, yeah, that's going to be a little bit of a problem. Joe from Louisville just sent me a text. Yep, I've called in Tank before. Joe, actually, we'd love to hear from you on your your whole DT's experience, too, because you sound a lot better than you did as well. So between you and Paulie, I'm very, very proud of you guys. Uh, you know, for me, i got to be honest with you, I, I it was not difficult. I did not have the DT's or anything like that, so I can't say, hey, you know, I've been through it. I have not been through that. I just stopped drinking nine. I think it's nine years now, isn't it, Andy? In March, it'll be nine years, I think. Yeah, I think so. Pretty sure. Something like that. And it, and they told me at the end of both both the you know sessions or whatever that that I was not an alcoholic. That I'm just nuts. you're just an asshole. So that's good. Yeah, I'm just an asshole. <laughs> exactly. But you already knew that. So well, thanks for all your help there, dog. Yeah, really you don't need anybody's support from me. 
No, that's probably true. But um, any anything like that, you know, it's, it kills you, first of all. You booze it too much. It's, you're, well, again, of the 44 people that I ran around with, you know, different little groups of people, I just sat down one night and went through them all. And the reason I went through them all, out of the 44, there's six of us left. The other 38 oh. are dead. That boozing and doing drugs, man. Yeah. Also, the gunplay doesn't help much either, but, <laughs> yeah. you know. You know what I'm saying. And usually they yeah, kind of I mean, all go together, right? They do indeed. Yeah. So, you know, to see to see Paulie and to see Joe go through this and be so successful at it. and Speaking of Joe. Just keep plugging ahead. Is Joe with us? Yep. Jose. Can I, I'll just call you Jose from now on. What do you think? No, you don't call me Jose. We're good. Hoser, so Joe, uh, we've been talking for well. I'm, when did I meet your family? Was that three years ago? Uh, yeah, about that. I think it was about three years ago. Were you shocked? Because Joe called me, uh, you know, one time, and he said, "Hey, I'd love you to come and meet my family." And then I know when I got up to leave, you had this look on your face, like you actually showed up. You didn't think I was coming, did you? No, actually, I didn't. <laughs> I tell you what, my so brother would have been my brother would have been shocked as hell that you did that you sh- that you're there. Why? I told you like I was I, coming. Like I said, yeah, but like I said, he was the one that got me into the Take You Morning Show. Right, right. Yeah, that's exactly. I remember you telling me that over the years, but. So I, uh, Joe, I'm glad you're calling in because Paulie, Paulie called in, and I think the world guy. I don't know Paulie as well as I know you, but uh, he sounds right. so great. Sounds so great now. Sounds so much better. And you're doing really well uh, too, aren't you? I am. Yeah. It's had uh, ninety days on Saturday. Ninety days on Saturday. Excellent. And you're feeling good. Everything's good. I am. Well, kind of. Uh, I'm having trouble sleeping still. Um, I sleep better in the chair than I do on a bed. Hmm. Oh, that, I went through that. Um, yep. Really? Yeah. So I'm kind of uh, back and forth between um, trying to sleep in a bed and trying to sleep in the chair, then going to the bed, I'm getting more mm-hmm. time in a bed than I do in the chair. I mean, for a while, it was just I'd, I'd sleep, I'd sleep for ten minutes and I'd be up. And I go back to sleep, yeah, sleep for ten minutes. It's like, good God, man! That's got to be tough. There's no doubt about that. So, so when you had the DTs, we we're, ta- we're talking to Paulie about this as well. But so, is it just yeah. terrifying, or do you not know it's terrifying? How does it feel? Uh, it sucks. I tell you. Um, this, this last time I went through it, it felt like my I was going to die. I swear to God. Really? Just, yeah. Um, I had a fan in my bedroom I had to sit in front of because I was sweating profusely. Um, I couldn't sleep. And as for hallucinations, boy, I was seeing some really weird shit. (laughs) Like, what did you, anything you can tell us that you saw? Well, I could have sworn I seen a couple of people outside my window and dancing. But it was Oops. like I was watching a video of them dancing fast forward. And then uh, on, in the bathroom, on the, on the rug in front of the sink, the bathroom out in front of the sink, it looked like there's fingers 
going up and down with a guitar fret. Oh. Does oh. scare the hell out of you? No, it's just like you guys can stop this shit any time now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, any time now we can stop. How long did the DTs last? Uh, it, it depends per, per person. You know, I was I, I I hadn't had a drink for maybe twelve hours when it started kicking in. Okay. And and it was like thirty six hours that I had to deal with it. I'd sleep for about so, I don't know a couple hours, and then be up back at it again. Can't eat, can't sleep, can't drink anything because you're afraid you're going to yak it up. And it's just it it's terrifying. I can say now, Doug. You you worked in the mental health. Uh, field for a long time did you go through a, a lot of people having dts and seeing things because uh, my father not because of alcoholism because of mental illness my father saw things and heard things and watching someone go through that because i have seen my father go through it it's terrifying it it is to watch you know i worked in a, a locked psychiatric unit at united hospital for four years and, and the people that come in there they're too they're going through dts they're going through extreme, they're too crazy to be in jail. Uh, a lot of nursing home people that are just angry and it's just, it's, it's so hard to watch somebody that has lost touch with reality and they're hallucinating and, and, and you know, it's just, it's, there's only so much you can do. Uh, medications will help a little bit, but you, there's, you can't talk them out of it. I mean, the belief system that this is the reality is so strong. And DTs is just a physical reaction to the lack of alcohol that your body gets used right, to. But yep, right. It makes you, I mean, those spiders on your body and all that stuff, it's completely real uh, to the people that are going through it. And there's very uh, little you can do to help. The good thing about it is, for the most part, um, memory fades pretty quickly after people go through what really is a psychotic episode. That's true. It's, uh, it's your brain's way of kind of protecting yourself and becoming more stable as you, as you, as you go through it. And that'll happen to you, Joe. You know, in a few months, it'll be like, yeah, I kind of remember all this sort of stuff, and it was crazy, but you won't really remember exactly mm -hmm. how it felt, which is a good thing. You know, I mean, who wants to remember that? Right. Oh, so he won't remember after, after a while. He won't remember how it felt. That's yep. interesting. Hopefully. So that's a good thing. Well, Joe, yeah, that's good always, news. You won't even remember how it felt. Not always, but but it might happen with you. Joe, stay in touch, will you, Pally? You got to take a break here, but thanks for calling it. You know what you and Polly, what you and Polly just did today. I can't even tell you how many people you probably helped by being a man about this. Stand up and going, hey, you know, I was drinking too much. I went through treatment. I had some DTs. People didn't used to talk about now, things remember, like this, Joe. Yeah, if you remember, about three years ago, I went. I did go to treatment once before. Yeah, I remember. It yep. didn't. It didn't stick. And you and I talked over, over over the years, and whenever we talked on the phone, every time before we'd hang up, you're like, "Are you behaving yourself?" And I'd either say, "Yep" or "No," and you know what it meant if I said no. Yep. No, I, I don't know what exactly. it was this time. It it, it stuck. Well, stay with it because I'm I'm really proud of you. Go ahead, Doug. Can I ask a quick question before we go, Joe? Are you guys open in Louisville, or is the plant closed down? We're closed down for two weeks. Uh, there's a chip that um, yeah, I know microchips shortage. It's all short. over the industry. You might want to listen to Car Selling Secrets. I got a really interesting guest on who's probably. 
the leading automotive writer uh, in American automotive journalism, a guy named Cliff Banks. He's a really interesting cat. So, Come on, Doug. As good as I think you are, I'll always listen to your show. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Love you. I mean it. Joe, thank you. For, thank you very much, sir. Congratulations. Thank you. Take care. You too. We'll take a break. We'll be right back with the family. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. Andy, can you hear me? When I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home, list it on the MLS, and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. What's more important than reliable plumbing? Having someone you can rely on in case it ever needs attention. Hi, Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Look, you don't want to mess around with leaks or shoddy installation or repair when it comes to plumbing. Sabre is the largest installer of Moen fixtures and Ream water heaters in Minnesota. They're dependable pros who get the job done right. So when plumbing happens, call Sabre or visit saberheating.com. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. We're rocking out, baby. That's all I know. We sure are. Thank you again to Polly for calling in. Thank you to Joe for calling in. Like I said, I think that helps people out uh, more than they'll ever know to hear somebody else talk about uh, something you're afraid of. Mm-hmm. I think it does because it's got to be terrifying knowing that that might be coming, baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? All right, we got Art on the phone. I think Art. Yeah, it's long distance, huh? Yeah, uh, apparently. <laughs> well, hang on. Let me give it a go. Do you mind? Uh, yeah, no problem. Because I'm good with the long distance. Okay, apparently All we're right. not. Who knew? All right, so he's going to try. All right. Yeah. All right, so. I like it. Well, hopefully it'll all work out in the end. Yeah, hopefully it'll work because, yeah, I, yeah, I call it and it basically just says, uh, can't do that. I didn't even say why, so I don't know if it's because the number was wrong. It could be. I guess we'll We find should out. have Art on as a guest one of these days. Art has been booking guests. I don't yeah. know how I don't even know how many years he's been, been doing while. it. But he does it across the United States. So we've got to have Art on one of these times. We'll have Art as a guest. We can do that. I think it's a great idea. Connect himself. I think it's a wonderful plan. Yeah, he can connect himself. Uh, while we're waiting for Steve Hackett and, and Art, Sears, Art is, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. like I said, 
You've been our guest booker for a long time. Um, you guys, I don't know, you, I think you guys know this, that I've always been a huge fan of George Orwell because uh, he, he foresaw the future in so many different ways. I mean, 1984, he saw way into the future in that deal. This is There's true. no doubt no? about that. Uh, is Steve there? I know, I know. I don't know what's this studio, but I appreciate it. Hang on, man. Thanks so much. Oh, no, no problem. Don't worry about it. Um, but in any case, okay, I, I saw go that... Through. I'm going to call you right back with him. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much, Art. All right. We're going to only be able to do about 12 minutes. Well, that's what happens when everything is broken. Everything so is broken. broken. Everything is broken. Anyway, so I see this book, uh, George Orwell Essays, and I go, oh, my God, that I love that book, George Orwell's Essays. So I order it, and the bookstore ships it to me. It's 1,400 pages long. It's oh, boy. It's a lot of essays. <laughs> it's a lot of essays, baby. Well, it is plural, so. But I do. I do love George Orwell. I, he, what a smart man. Uh, we were talking the other day about, you know, Huey Long when he was around, and, and he said that very famous thing. He was asked, uh, in, 19, in the 1930s, uh, fascism has come to the rise, uh, come on the rise in Georgia, or in, excuse me, in Germany. Do you think we'll ever see fascism in America? And Huey Long, all, almost 100 years ago, said, yes, we'll have fascists in America, but they'll call themselves anti-fascist. Ooh, what Ooh, a call. Clever. All right. I think we've got Steve. 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 Yes. How you doing, sir? How you doing? Yeah, fine. Fine, fine. I'm glad to hear that. Doug, why don't you take over? Because I think oh, there's a little more. Oh, come on. There's a little more. I just delay. I don't want Steve to be getting screwed over by the, Plus the fact, look, Steve, he's just being humble because Doug is a really, yep. really good musician, really good guitar player. So you two talking, man, I'd love to hear it. All right. First, I have a bone to pick with you, and I'll tell you why. And You have to tell me if this is true. I remember reading an interview a million years ago that said that Eddie Van Halen went to a Genesis concert in the 70s, and you were tapping, and that's where he got it from. Is that true? Well, I was doing it in 71. You can hear it on that first Genesis album I did, which is on Nursery Crime. So it's possible he might have been in the audience. I never met him, but he quotes me with the technique. That's for sure. So that's the problem. I played in bar bands my whole life, and after Eddie went on the scene, and because of you, um, every bar band in America did tapping solos in the most inappropriate times. It doesn't belong in Mustang Sally. If you're Steve Hackett or Eddie Van Halen, you can do it whenever you want. For the rest of the mere mortals, no, don't do it. It was, it was, it was a fun time. Well, yeah, it, it enables you to play, you know, salvos at uh, 100 miles an hour, but uh, you don't want to be doing that all night. It can get tasteless. That's right. No, I, I agree. I apologize I... for coming up with a technique that's ruined so many lives. Yeah, no, I, I, that, and that is the ability of a great musician is to know when to go and when to lay back. And unfortunately, a lot of us don't have that ability. And, and sweet pick, picking is another one of your techniques that I spent a year trying to figure out how to do. I just don't have the great get dexterity to do it. But it was in watching you play and listening to your music, it's, it's really been, it, it's, it's really great. Yeah, well, that's, it's another one. That it's just like, I know that somebody said, and it was a, a great violinist, and he said, uh, all a virtuoso is is a guy who can stick together a whole 
bunch of tricks. Um, and maybe Pete Townsend was right. You can either write a great song or you can't, or even a good melody. Depends where you're coming from. Yeah, I think... That's a good point. I think, in a sense, the, the the ability to write songs is is even more difficult and more uh, important than uh, virtuoso technique. It's cool to have both, uh, but you know, at the end of the day, I think the song always carries it. I know that you've uh, just put out a new album, and that's why you're on the uh, audio tour. Do you want to tell us uh, about it? Sure, of course. Yeah, uh, the album is called Under a Mediterranean Sky, and um, it's really a virtual trip to the Mediterranean, to the various countries and the different types of music that you find in each. So I have one track that's a, a Spanish-style track called Andalusian Heart, and there's a, there's a nice little video that goes with that that's on the website, which is hackitsong.com. Um, it's basically uh, orchestras meet nylon guitar, so it's very romantic in spirit, but then there's also the world music aspect. So there are other instruments, other stringed instruments in there, the tar from Azerbaijan, the duduk from Armenia, lots of Middle Eastern influence as well. Um, so it's, it's not just a one-horse trick, I like to think, and it kind of comes in with uh, the power of a rock album because the orchestra is blasting away from the word go. Um, uh, it's surprisingly powerful when it starts, and it's gone into the charts here, so it's number seven in the UK charts, which is doing better than, than the rock albums that I've been releasing in, in recent years, surprisingly enough. But maybe that's because I had the autobiography out earlier this year, and um, or rather last year, and um, so I think there's more interest in, 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 in what I've done because we've kind of kept it coming in lockdown. We had a live album, the autobiography, and now this acoustic one, and I'm still working on, on rock stuff as well. So I... I've used the lockdown to keep it coming in lots of different sort of uh, genres and styles and um, no point sitting around moping when we can't go outside the front door for fear of losing our lives. But I think the album's a kind of invitation to, or it's a window on, on a wider world. So how, how did, did you record it last year? How did you do it? Did you record everything remotely or... Um, yeah, I was uh, recording it last year, that's right. Um, some of it's recorded remotely, uh, some people face-to-face. Um, um, the violinist and, and viola player, um, she said, and this is Christine Townsend, she said she'd already had the disease, so she felt that she was, she was safe. Of course, we weren't taking on board the fact that perhaps she might still be a carrier for us. Uh, for this, but you know, I was happy to work with her face to face like we normally do, just maybe keeping a little more distance than than usual. So um, I didn't walk up to her and slobber all over her with a kiss. Um, <laughs> so we kept that distance, kept it respectful. You know what I mean? And, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But she's a great girl. She's a fantastic player. Um, and we've got players from from all over and instruments from all over as well. So. Um, as I say, I, I like to think of it as a kind of... If, if there's such a thing as a pan-genre acoustic album, this is it. Well, it sounds like you've got a little bit of every influence in there. And, you know, it's it's fashionable to run down the Internet and saying that it's just the end of the beginning of everything terrible. But in some cases like this, it allows 
creative people to connect. I mean, it, can you imagine what it would be like if we didn't have the ability to, to do remote recordings and and face-to-face uh, internet uh, sessions and so on and so forth? I have a lot of friends that are professional musicians, and this last year has been really, really hard on them. I mean, and not only is it financially difficult, but it, I think even worse, the psychological damage of not being able to do what you're passionate about is, is really hard. It's been tough. I mean, we, we had 60 cancelled shows last year, 6-0, and um, that was that was tough for everybody. Um, toughest of all on our crew, um, because, you know, they really don't do that many other artists. Yeah. Um, and, um, of course, you know, the, the fact is that even, even if they did, um, uh, nobody is touring right now. So, um, it's, it's a really, it's a really tough time. Uh, musicians or uh, those who make albums and, and singles and, uh, what have you, people that are perhaps a little more self-sufficient, um, have got a better chance of making some money by releasing records, but, um, uh, the crews are really dependent upon live shows exclusively, and so, um, uh, you know, we've done a little bit of, 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 of raising money for the crews, a little bit of crew awareness, and um, we've been selling T-shirts and, and, uh, and, and lyrics written out that, that, that go to the, to the crew. And, um, and at some point, if I can talk my, my record company into yet another album, uh, maybe we can do something that's rather more spontaneous and and, and give those proceeds to the uh, to the crew. We'll just have to see because obviously you can flood the market and things, and then uh, diminishes the value of things. But um, but a few ideas are being being kicked around, and uh, I don't want want them to uh, to go to the wall. I have to start stacking shelves in Tesco's or some other or Safeways or something. You know, it would be nice if uh, if uh, they can all stay. Um, healthy and um, feed themselves and their families. That's. I think that's just outstanding that you're looking out for them because I, I don't think a lot of people know how much work goes uh, on behind the scenes at a, at a big rock show. It's just it's unbelievable. I, I quick yeah, mention, uh, the last yeah. live show that I saw before we shut down was uh, one of your fellow countrymen, a, a young fire-breathing guitar player named Davey Knowles. Do, do you know Davey? I don't think I know Davey, but um, uh, tell me, is, is he from uh, the UK? Yes, he's, he's from England, um, and I, I, I would guess that he's probably 30 years old. He's played with all the hot shots uh, in the U.S., Joe Bonamassa and guys like that. Uh, apparently no one ever really? told him the power trio was dead because he put on just a blazing 90-minute exhibition with just a bass player and a drummer. It was a lot of fun. I think you'd enjoy his... Uh, and I met him actually that's before that's the show, and he's just a lovely person as well. Really? Oh, that sounds interesting. I do think Joe Joe Bonamassa is is terrific. I love his reinvigoration of the blues, which is a passion of mine anyway. So um, I love that. I think he's he's a great player. I met him a couple of times, and um, yeah, you know, terrific that he's doing what he's doing for the guitar. So you know, we all do what we do for the guitar um, in different in different in different ways. I think he's a great acoustic player as well as uh, electric. And um, um, there are some people that uh, manage to pull off both, and uh, I admire that. Well, and apparently you have, if your acoustic album is number seven on the chart, you must be a pretty good acoustic player as well. It's doing, doing 
very well over here. Nobody expected it to do that well. Um, at least of all me and my record company and um, uh, a lot of people were saying, well, you know, it's kind of marginal sales for this sort of stuff, but it's proving them, them wrong. Um, I, I don't know why that is. Maybe it's just the timing's right for wanting to escape. It is a very escapist album. Um, as I say, you know, it's, it's a virtual visit in a very sort of romantic way to places that I've managed to visit in the Middle East, um, extraordinary sites in Egypt and, and uh, Petra in Jordan and, um, and, and Morocco. So it's a bit like my Indiana Jones set, really, you know, <laughs> these places. Weird and wonderful, mystical things that look like in, in, in Egypt, look like they were constructed just yesterday and freshly painted. Um, it's a, a wonderful trip that we took up the Nile and I just had my... My notebook out the whole time, it, it just seemed like the whole place screamed music. So um, there's, there's a track called Sirocco, uh, the wind that travels throughout the desert. Um, the third track on the album, which um, features not just nylon, but also um, the, uh, the the Arabian Urd. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I like doing that kind of thing. My, my dad painted pictures. Um, he, he was a, a visual artist and um, um, he was very good at doing landscapes and, and this is my musical virtuation, a version of that. So um, I, love, I love doing it with music. I didn't inherit his, his skill with, with the paintbrush, but, uh, um, but, but music can paint pictures as well. So there's a kind of cin cinematic um, uh, feel to a lot of this, this album. Yeah, it sounds wonderful. I, I, you know, I didn't want to turn this into a Genesis conversation, but I do have a, a question that I ask a lot of musicians about playing in bands. Yep. Why is it, I'm trying to think of the right way to ask this, it's generally terrible and filled with drama, and it doesn't matter what level you're at. It, at some point, it just becomes competitive. and fun. Why is that? Is, is that just a musician thing? What do you think? Why do bands become competitive, you mean? Well, no, you know, within the band, and then there's personality conflicts and fighting, and it's just, it's it's all this kind of it's, senseless It's rarely drama. peaceful. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, I think what you get, you know, within bands are, 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 are passive characters and aggressive characters, and, uh, you know, it takes a lot of testosterone, I think, to... Um, uh, to get up there and, and you know form a unit and and, and 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 have it do something on the world stage, and, you know by the time it's doing something on the world stage, then um, there are guys who assume that it was all because of them and uh, egos get in the way and all of that. I've never thought it was all about me. I've always thought it was all about the team. But but I think the important thing is for teams not to limit each other and try and pretend that they own each other because as soon as you start saying well you can't do this and you can't do that outside the group uh, and that people are growing up all the time and developing their their skills and, um, and the world's a big place and suddenly you know you get invitations to do other things and work with other people and say oh well to hell with this I'm not going to be restricted autonomy you know outweighs loyalty to the to the tribe uh, you grow up Bands tend to play themselves into a corner, start getting in each other's way, and that's why all bands break up in the end. And then you, you know, you're left with reformations if you're lucky, if you can find enough common ground. The last time, five of us sat around with Genesis, uh, the band that involved Peter Gabriel, Tony Banks, Mike Rutherford, Phil Collins, and myself, um, 
the last time we tried to put that together. Hey, hey Steve, we, we, we know who's in Genesis. <laughs> Well, there you go. That's true. <laughs> we, believe it or not, even though we're in a different country, we've heard of you guys. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, there you go. There you go. But, um, yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, what a shame. So uh, I, I don't think there's going to be any, any reformation to involve you know, uh, uh, as, as, as the five beasts. You know, it's a, very, it's a very strange thing. Genesis has this thing where if one of us does something that the other guy likes, it's so competitive that you know we'd phone each other up and say, "Hey, you know you did, did a you know great album you did there, and I really like that track, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And then you read the next day in the press that the same guy who's congratulated you privately has denounced you publicly. Can't carry a tune that, in a moving band. And that English, that English private schools. It's, it's the way they're taught to behave with each other. Yeah, well held, sir, and. Uh, <laughs> Sword in the uh, in the vitals. Hey, you know what can I tell you? That's yeah. just, um, I guess it was the Spartan conditions that the band was formed in in the first place. And um, uh, it's it's so strange. I, I joined this band years ago, fifty years ago to, to the day that um, you know I joined them in '71, not realizing what 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 I was getting myself into. Wow! A phenomenally talented bunch of guys that. Um, uh, not always cooperative with each other. Very often, you know, uh, very, very, very competitive, and so you start to form alliances in order to to get things done. Yeah, but uh, but that, that, that's a common experience. That's a common experience. This isn't a Genesis thing. I mean, I remember reading 10 years ago about the Eagles all taking separate limousines to a concert. And yeah. I'm saying to myself, you know, yeah. you're in the Eagles. That's a pretty good job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, Steve, yeah, I've really uh, enjoyed talking to you. My friend, my friend Tom threw me right under yeah. the bus. This is actually his show. And a second before you came right. on, he goes, "Well, you interview Steve." I'm like, yeah. "Oh, okay." So, but 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 I in see. my own defense, Steve, the reason I did that is because there's about a second delay between your you're in one place, they're in Minneapolis and St. Paul. I'm in Florida. There's a daisy so there chain a, a, going on here. That's uh, yeah. yeah. So, so you wouldn't have heard a word I said. It would be a second late every time. But, Steve, I'm a huge fan. Under a Mediterranean Sky. It's available now. And we'll talk more about it. Great interview, Doug and Steve. You both did very well. I enjoyed it. Well, thank you. Okay. Steve Good. doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Steve. Where do we go from there? Where, where <laughs> exactly. Uh, do we continue on, or, uh, or are we done? What's, what's the deal? I think we're, we're done. I, I, I've run out of questions. Tom, you certainly can take over. You're the professional no, interviewer. I'm just an amateur. We got to do the car selling secrets thing. Oh, we that's do. right. We, we got to get that done. But Steve, thank you very much. It was great talking to you, sir. Okay. Big fan for many years. I thanks hope we can talk much. again soon. Thank you. Bye. Sure thing. Okay. We, thanks a lot. Thank you. What a nice man. Lovely man. Yeah. I love that. Throws it to me. You know, we got to do car selling secrets, but you can talk to him if you oh, want. I Way to go, Doug. Typical. I Typical. remember. I, well, you don't have to remember. Typical. You can just tell I'm not a professional interviewer. I'm, I'm not, no, I'm not you. you. Well, I, I, thought it was, I thought it was a great interview. Well, I just tried to ask him some the, uh, interesting questions. In the global world we are right now. So his call was going to art, which was then going to us which was then going through the internet over to dad 
Yep. It's yeah, and then to talk back, you know, there there probably was a solid second and a half delay. Yeah. Oh, it, there Easily. was. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's but not I'm, always easy. Tom threw me under the bus. He's mean. Yeah, yeah, I'll get he's over such it, a baby. Let's get All right, car, car selling, selling secrets, secrets going. What's coming up next with the family?